everyone. It's time to eat, drink, and be merry with your hosts, Lisa and Nancy. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Big Blend Radio's Adventures in Asheville show. We do this every first Tuesday with our friends Steve and Karen Wilson. Uh, We call them Mr. and Mrs. Wild of Asheville because they do. They go wild at the Orange Peel. They go wild at breweries. They go wild out in nature in Smoky Mountains National Park, the Blue Ridge Parkway, Pisgah National Forest. You never know where they're going wild, but uh, they own the Lion and the Rose Bed and Breakfast. It is in the Montford Historic District of Asheville, North Carolina. Very historic, um, but very also close to the downtown and anything you want to experience in the region. And it's one of our favorite places. Go to lion-rose.com. I know, right? And this is Mm -hmm. so fun. We're recording this show while we're actually in the middle of the Pisgah Forest, National Forest. And Mm -hmm. this airs while we'll actually be at the B&B. So this is so much fun. So welcome back, Steve mm-hmm. and Karen. How are you guys doing? We're good. How about yeah, you guys? Good. Oh, doing good. Doing good. Uh, Steve, I've got to go to you because, you know, we're going to talk about Beer City USA. This is uh, mm-hmm. we're going to have two segments on the show. We have two groups of guests, um, but uh, this is interesting. You guys, you know, you cook. Uh, Karen bakes. Steve, you brew. I mean, do you ever brew and bake at yep. the same time? <laughs> No, in our kitchen, it's a little difficult. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it makes it a little tough. I know you lock Steve downstairs with his brewery gear. gear oh. don't you? <laughs> He's like, that's it. Downstairs well, maybe we lock the beer. We maybe lock the beer taps away from the guests. Maybe that's a better thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I do know this, that when when you had Nancy and I play uh, Innkeepers for the weekend. Oh, that was fun. We did that as a special show and, and article, um, you know, we served beer mosas on a Sunday and then people wanted them on the Monday mm-hmm. and the Tuesday. And yeah. apparently that's <laughs> a like, big hit. you know, so Steve, you brew beer, but so when people come in, you, you, it's like, welcome to the inn. Here's your beer. Then you get breakfast. Sometimes you get cookies and all kinds of treats in your rooms. Um, oh, yeah. But beer mosa, it seems to be the, mm. this is a big deal on Sunday mornings. It's important. Yeah. They're good. Yep. 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 Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like this. What's it's on become tap a tradition? Today? Mm. Uh, well, I just I just um, threw a um, an imperial stout inside the fermenter right now, so it's doing its thing, and hopefully it'll be ready for you guys here. Uh oh! You know, you inspired <laughs> me to look up. I have to say, because you're brewing your own beer, it inspired me to look yeah. up the history of beer. And this just mm-hmm. freaks me out. Beer was first <laughs> brewed in Iran, and now it's illegal. So I just went. <laughs> well, that don't make any sense. Oh, oh but I this, now you're you're leading me on the path to our first guest. Uh, we've got two special, well, three special guests joining us from two different places. Um, this is important <laughs> because prohibition <laughs> happened in this country, which is the most rudest thing ever. Yep. No, there's Rude. way more things, bad things in this country, but this was a this was just. Like, what were we thinking with prohibition? Um, oh, but I want to bring no Asheville's original brewery <laughs> on the show. We have Nikki Mitchell joining us. She's a VP of brand development for Highland Brewing Company. And you can go to Highland Brewing Company, uh, excuse me, highlandbrewing.com. Uh, this is so exciting because <laughs> I believe they were the first ones. And you're the first ones to say, hey, you know, prohibition's over. We're going to make 
beer. Let's so make beer. That's beer. right. <laughs> <laughs> cheers, y'all. Yeah, cheers. Yeah, exactly. Am I right? That prohibition cheers. just sucks. Cheers. That was you know, cheers. That started back in 1994. So next year we actually celebrate 30 years. Um, and we were born right here in Asheville. Oh, congratulations. Nice. So you really started Beer City USA. Yeah, Oscar Wong, our founder, um, he he's been dubbed kind of the godfather of craft beer here in Asheville. Um, certainly, his pioneering spirit um, in retirement actually um, got him um, in the beer business. And so, uh, yeah, we've we've grown a lot along the way, and um, yes, yeah, still excited to to have that that title as Asheville's original craft brewery and Gaelic Ale, a- actually Asheville's original craft beer. I was looking at that. That's your flagship yep. beer. So yeah, our flagship Gaelic beer. ale. Right. So, so did this mm-hmm. start? Did he go on a trip overseas and go to England and Ireland and all those places that started him off? Or how did that flagship beer happen? Yeah, Oscar really, I mean, he's got such an interesting uh, backstory. So if you don't know much about him, um, he's of Chinese descent. He was born in Jamaica, educated at Notre Dame. Um, He's actually an engineer, um, incredibly, incredibly smart. Um, Never had a career in the beer business, uh, but they had a home uh, here in um, in the West North Carolina area, he and his wife, Anna. And so they would vacation here. And then when he retired, uh, they moved here permanently. Um, and I think Anna got pretty fed up with him at the house <laughs> the first couple of years of retirement. So you need a hobby, my friend. So um, he got into just dabbling with beer and um, he's just like I mentioned earlier about being a pioneer, he's got this entrepreneurial side um, that's really amazing. And he was really drawn to those um, kind of traditional ales, those kind of scotch, um, mm. Irish kind of uh, rooted beers. And so we we originally had a Celtic ale was one of our one of one of the starting recipes um, that would then evolve into Gaelic ale. Oh, wow. It, I'm glad he did it after he was an engineer because. You know, yeah. it's like I'm building this bridge and let me have another. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> you just saw an opportunity, you know, for a new, um, like a emerging uh, opportunity for this community, um, for Asheville, uh, beer tourism, um, you know, obviously would become Ooh. a manufacturing um, facility here um, in East Asheville later on. But um, he saw it as a great opportunity and it's really helped pave the way for so many amazing, amazing uh, craft brewers here in Western North Carolina. It, cool. it is exciting to see. I mean, the brewery scene really has grown across the country. I know, especially I remember, you know, when we started our magazine and when we went went from San Diego to being Southwest Blend way back when, and now we're mm-hmm. international, but we were covering the beginning of Colorado breweries, you know, and, mm-hmm. and now you have Fat Tire here. It's like, it just seems like <laughs> certain cities said we are, we're brewing beer and they just didn't want to wait around for wine to take so long. <laughs> you know, they're, they're just yeah. like, let's get this going. <laughs> it was smart. But now it's like, I don't know, all the places we're going, we're seeing breweries become part of the city makeup. When a city starts to grow, it's like, well, you have, well, yeah. it's like the first thing that goes, where's mm-hmm. the coffee shop? And now it's like, if you have a coffee shop and you don't have a brewery, you suck. So it's yeah. kind of like that. <laughs> so we're seeing this brewery explosion across the country. How does it feel now? I, I was actually reading about you guys in the Wall Street Journal. How does it feel now with the amount of breweries 
in Asheville, I mean, is there a part where, okay, let's balance it all out. Everybody has a different flavor kind of thing. Where are we on that scale? Because you are Beer City USA and it all started with you guys. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a, that's a great point and um, certainly something that's uh, been discussed and, and the dialogue around this community for a long time. Um, you know, we're fortunate in that we, um, you know, we live in this you know, very uh, community centric uh, area and craft beer in general is typically collaborative. Um, you know, folks work together with different resources, um, different ideas, equipment. Um, and we've found a lot of friends in the industry when we're, um, you know, seeking new ways of doing things, or especially during the pandemic, when we were running out of certain um, supplies or raw materials, mm-hmm. uh, getting help within the industry is something that uh, the craft the craft beer folks really do so, so well. Um, and I think, uh, something that that makes craft beer similar to coffee um, is that it's got this this level of accessibility. You know, the price point um, is is usually more approachable than say you know wine or spirits. Um, you know, it's it's really um, while it it can be highly sophisticated in the nature of the of the science and the recipe and the ingredients profile that are being used. I mean, a lot of times it's casual. You know, you're sitting around, you're talking about you know, the smells, the, uh, the taste, the different hops that are used. And it, it feels um, like a place where you can just sit down, grab a beer, mm-hmm. um, talk about it, uh, gather with friends and family. Um, so it, it really fuels uh, that curiosity. And I think um, a lot of times breweries have become kind of the neighborhood bar, right? So yeah, you've got so mm-hmm. many small mm-hmm. microbreweries, Definitely. especially here in Western North Carolina um, that have um, you know, surrounding neighborhoods or, um, you know, housing and people can walk to them. And um, that's an exciting feature. Breweries tend to be a little bit more um, family friendly, you know. Uh, so, um, you know, it's, it's a great hub for a lot of different activities. I love it because, go ahead, Nancy. I was going to say, can you play with the beer when you're making it? Can you say, oh, let's add a little of this and a little of that? <laughs> I'm, I'm sure the I'm sure our innovation brew team certainly can. I I try not to dabble, and I when I come into the brew house, they're like Nikki, no. <laughs> well, but I think that this is that this is the important thing to me is that you know it comes you know breweries start from we've done so many shows on and mm. interviews on this where most breweries do come from home brewers that mm-hmm. just have this connection of friends mm-hmm. and it's like, okay, let's do it, man. All right. All about let's push each other touch. to actually open a brewery and it's entrepreneurial, which I think, you know, your founder is so, uh, you know, forward thinking. I mean, obviously look what he's developed and all these people opening breweries all through Asheville and, and the Southeast really. And I know you're in, in so many places um, across, you know, like four States here mm-hmm. and it's it just an inspiration. And, and I, I think he's also got this amazing story. Of, hey, I'm making beer, you know, downstairs, like Steve, kind of thing, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> um, but, but what can, what can grow from that? And there's a, it's a community really among brewers from, you know, what we know, and also even wineries, you know, wineries help each other out, especially when there's a water shortage or, totally, you know, right. all kind of bottling shorter, you know, and I think that's a, the important thing for us as consumers of these wonderful libations to be part of too. And, and, you know, going through difficult times, we all were like, can we come get 
beer on the side corner, you know, on the street, you know, can we, (laughs) how do we get it? You know, we all, we all wanted to support and everything. And and I don't, I don't know, but it's just something really special that starts with some really decent roots, not so corporate, even though you guys have grown, but it has those roots of true, that true American story, right? You know, just um, totally family family run Oscar's daughter, Leah is our president and has been since 2015. Um, And it's, it's evolving. And even though it's, we're, we're much bigger than we were um, 30, almost 30 years ago, it's still got that family, um, family, family vibe where, you know, sometimes it takes us a while to do things or sometimes, you know, we, we get ahead of ourselves, which is kind of the exciting part about, uh, you know, growing up and, um, you know, learning as, as new folks come into uh, our team and bring new ideas and um, different ways to look at things. I mean, even Mm -hmm. just a simple lager recipe um, or a taste profile um, can be, uh, you know, really just, just poured over and people get really excited about it. And I love hearing our brewers and our uh, production folks and our sensory team talk about the different ways that, that you could take your traditional beer style, make it unique, which a lot of these breweries are doing with all kinds of things, IPAs, with sours, with, you know, pastry stouts. And, and that's where you get uh, this like healthy level of competition, right? Um, mm. And yeah, and a collaboration. Uh, between other breweries or, oh, wow, they did a great job at this. Um, that leaves some space for a lot of folks to play and um, and innovate even within a, a field where there's a lot of players. Oh, I want to get into the food and brew pairings and everything too, because, you know, I know mm. just about like chefs are like musicians, like it's the after party and then it's like, oh, let's taste this. Well, I just did this and maybe we can't let the public know yet. But anyway, so I want to talk about food now. we got to bring our next guest, John Gotts and Lisa and Andreasen. Am I saying this correctly, Lisa? Because you've got a good last name there. I want to say Andreasen, Andreasen. Uh, they own the cooking cottage. And this is so cool because Nancy and I, I know I need to go to the cooking school because apparently yeah. I need, I need that help. <laughs> um, and so, and I think that I think all of us could use some cooking help. And during the pandemic, we're all like, you know, watching the food network and trying to do mm-hmm. things going, but we really need someone to hold our hands and uh, we want to have fun with it and not feel stupid. So sometimes you go to the cooking cottage for that. So go to cottage cooking, This is the website. So welcome Lisa. How are you? Fine. How are you? I was listening to the, um, the beer discussion Mm. and, uh, I'm starting (laughs) to think it's a prerequisite to live in Asheville because we also brew our own beer. (laughs) Oh my God. So so Lisa, did I pronounce your last name? Like I should have asked you before this, but I always mess up everyone's names anyway. Sorry. But, uh, is it Andreasen and uh, tell us about your last name? Andreasen. Yeah. Yeah. Andreasen. That's very good. Excellent. Um, and Lisa, my first name has two eyes in it. Yeah. So, um, my family is Scandinavian. That's the, okay. the heritage there. Yeah. Oh, so it's the crazy spelling. That's it. That's it. And then John Gotts and that is G O D T S everyone. And I believe that is Belgium. John, so welcome. Thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm from Belgium originally and, uh, mm. came to Asheville about 25 years ago and to the United States about 35 years ago. Ah, see, so, so John, what is going on in Belgium? Because apparently, like clean food, I mean, it's, we we interviewed a a famous chef from Belgium a few 
like I don't know, was it like I'm gonna have to look it up a decade ago? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it seems like what is going on with the food over there in regards to it seems very healthy. Well, yes, you are right. In Belgium, we try to to eat healthy and all organic as much as we can. Uh, we draw, mm. we don't eat much, but we like good quality food. Mm. That's it. It was mm. Pascal Nassens, if I'm saying that correctly. I'm going to get in trouble. Um, uh, probably yeah. so. I don't know him personally. Her, but, her. Uh, she's a I lady. Think you're right. she, she did I've, I've heard his name before. Yeah, it's it's a lady. She's um she came on the show. She did Pure and Simple. It was a, a cookbook, Pure and Simple, about being healthy, fresh, organic, and um, living the good life. So. John, did did your cooking experience come from your family or is it something you came into later in life? Actually, I started cooking about uh, 10 or 12 years ago after a bicycle accident. I was a mountain bike racer and um, one day I was hit by a car and broke my back. So if I cannot race, I don't even ride my bike. So I had to find a new challenge for myself uh, because Mm. I didn't feel sorry for myself. So I I had to do Mm. something else. And uh, I started taking a bunch of cooking classes because I didn't wow. know much about cooking and uh, absolutely loved it. And I'm still learning every day, even after 10 or 12 years of cooking. Wow, that is awesome. Mm-hmm. I love that because mm-hmm. it's true. When something negative happens, you can wallow. You're allowed to wallow for a day or two. Oh, you well, know? Yeah. You've, got, you've got your moment. You can do that, but there's only so long <laughs> yeah, you can this is, do this that. Is true. I have a mother here on the show mm-hmm. that will let me know that she tends to kick my That's you know, enough for that. You know, yeah. my friends, I have friends who will kick kick that. I have a big butt, so they have a lot of kicking as well. Right, <laughs> then. Needed. But, Is that uh, an advertisement or what? Yeah, no, 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 I'm just saying that it's it's padded for the kicking. But it's true mm. um, to go and find something to pull out of, of what you do and medical things and and actually going through an accident is pretty traumatic. It is. And your body goes through mm. trauma. It's yeah. emotional. It's Yeah, it's it was hard. Thing. But um, yeah. Yeah. I didn't want to feel sorry for myself, so I had to do something yeah. else. Yeah, and, I love um, that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's why I went and to the cooking. You know, cooking classes and uh, learn pretty much all the time. That is yeah, awesome. Cooking's awesome. Mm-hmm. Lisa, it's for you, where did fun. your cooking journey start? I know Scandinavian food. Come on. like you, <laughs> Not really known what, for what, their food. <laughs> okay, wait a minute. What about Lutefus? Like, oh god lutefisk. no i i have eaten it and uh not a big fan oh, did you you did it you did the lutefisk oh I have, i've eaten lutefisk oh yeah and uh oh, all sorts of other delightful you. uh pickled herring and kampa oh. which is basically gray meat in a ball <laughs> oh i'm so uh, excited so we don't do any, uh, then. yeah we don't do any uh scandinavian cooking classes here <laughs> But um, I did grow what up. What about my... lefsa? We can make lefsa. That's good. Our friend makes yeah. that for Christmas. She made lefsa. That's not that's bad all... at all. That was so. Good. Yeah, I grew up in a um a family that was always having parties and always entertaining and um, you know, always always cooking something. And then um, I lived in Florida for about ten years and had a catering business down there. Mm. And um, when John and I met. He was just starting to really get into cooking and um, had this idea to do a small class format because he was taking culinary classes um, at schools that had maybe 15 to 20 people in a class and didn't really like that environment. So he said, hey, you know, maybe we could do something a little smaller, a smaller format out of our home. And we kind of did some sample classes with some friends 
and they loved it. And here we are. Um, oh, we know we definitely want to come and hang out with you guys. And Steve and Karen, apparently you guys uh, went over and had, and this, you know, you guys cook over there and bake over there, but you went and did a cooking mm-hmm. class over with Lisa and John, Karen. Um, we did. did yeah, what did you cook? We did cooking with beer. How oh, appropriate. Why did I awesome. even ask? Like, you know, awesome. seriously, seriously. You went to, and so do you, do your guests go and do cooking classes over there? So we are now partnering with them. So we are definitely offering it to our guests and trying to do culinary weekends and stuff like that now. Oh, cool. cool. And, and Lisa, you're doing that even if someone's like in an Airbnb people or like a vacation rental, you'll go over and even teach them in their, their, you know, their vacation rental. Yeah, absolutely. Um, We've done a lot of things like bachelorette parties and family reunions and even corporate retreats because we only do um, up to six people here at our house. Mm -hmm. So when we go off site, we call it like host your own cooking class kind of a thing. And um, we typically don't want to do more than 12. And that seems to, to seems to work well. Awesome. Awesome. I want to go back to Nikki over at Highland Brewing. Um, Nikki events, uh, you know, that's a thing. I, I think there's <laughs> definitely you know, breweries, breweries start up, right? And then it's like, okay, now we're going to have a tasting room, the tap room, and then we're mm-hmm. going to have events. And then I'm like, you have an event, you got an event center, a barrel room, mm-hmm. a rooftop bar. And then Whoa. you've got you've got like a, a solar system going on. Like you're you're you know, like okay. I want to talk yeah, about because that, that, that's where solar where, array for sure. Um, that, that, that's that is how Highland started. Part. And so um for us we started with manufacturing in mind um as um, a brewery that was going to distribute our beer um, out, you know, to grocery stores, um, you know, on draft at, at local bars and restaurants. And some breweries actually start with the taproom model, um, which is what we we kind of grew into our taproom model. And now um, our our brewery uh, production facility, which is over in East Asheville, um, it's a forty acre uh, destination at this point um, uh, with wow. three. Uh, sand professional grade volleyball courts. We're actually uh, building a couple more um, into that part of our property. We've got a disc golf course. um, And like you mentioned, an incredible events venue. Um, You know, that's just been around since 2016. Seriously, we can go have beer and hike. Oh yeah. We have have a a little one mile um, uh, walking trail throughout the back part of our property. It's really cool. You'll have to duck a couple times with some of the discs that are flying through the green, so to speak. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's an incredible property that people, uh, we want to encourage you to have kind of this active socialization when you visit Highland. Wow. So Steve, have you taken puppies, Oreo and Aussie on this oh, trail? Yeah. Ah. We haven't taken it on that trail in particular. Um, we've taken them to the brewery a couple times, um, but it's a great facility. I mean, they have a they have volleyball courts where they have tournaments. We watch some friends play volleyball out there. Um, I think cool. they also do concerts out there, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, we we've um, we have live music uh, four or five times a week. Um, we haven't done the wow. massive uh, concerts uh, the past couple of years, um, kind of post you know, post 2020, um, mm. the nature of all mm. the, um, 
you know, the restrictions during COVID, um, we had, we closed the property down right now, only around cold mountain, um, our big winter ale, uh, release. So otherwise we're, we're pretty much open and, um, inviting guests here to visit and enjoy the, the music, uh, complimentary. And, uh, we do have some ticketed events and things like that, uh, beer dinners. So, uh, uh, hint, hint, wink, wink, oh. uh, putting things like that together. We love collaborating with, um, local chefs and, um, oh. you know, restaurateurs to put together, uh, events specific to Highland. We just hosted Lunar New Year, uh, for example. Um, that was an awesome collaboration we did with Ganshan. Um, it was awesome. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Mm. See, that's the thing. I think, yeah, you know, that. beer, I mean, it's, it's, it's like Highland Brewing companies like you guys that have really set the scene to get people to understand so much more about beer and the different profiles and the sky is a limit. And we've been to breweries mm. where I didn't even, I couldn't even t- taste it was beer. And I don't know if that's good or bad. It doesn't matter. It tasted good. I mean, to me, it didn't, <laughs> if it it was, if it doesn't taste like beer anymore, I really, you know, it just was really, really good. I love to see the creativity of it. And then like, how do you pair it? And how do you get that? You know, and I think it gets people to, like you're saying, sit down, talk, have that conversation. And I think that it, it takes, I don't know, there's, it's not like, it's not snobbery. You know what I mean? Like wine started off really snobby. I always say this on shows and all the wine yeah. people get mad at me, but it's true. There was this real <laughs> chronic snobbery about 15, 20 yeah. years ago yeah. where people didn't go in. And now the younger generations are going, move over. We want to learn. And we, we don't have that snobbery. And I think that it was the breweries that said, stop your snobbery or you do your snobbery. We're not, we're going to teach and have a good time with beer y'all. And that's it. Move on over. And Mm -hmm. I think the wineries had to learn from the breweries to, you know, you're losing money from being snobby. Uh Oh, I am going to get in trouble. But Nikki, I think there was that history of snobbery. Seriously. And I think breweries like set the path that you can learn how to taste and like what you like and don't like what you don't like. And, you know, do what you want to do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You yeah, know, not, not being really interesting. <laughs> um, if you, if you sit around and, and I'm trying to challenge myself even to, to have a, have a deeper sensory, um, you know, more sophisticated palate. Uh, but we have incredible, like super tasters, uh, almost basically who are tasting our beer, making sure that they are, you know, brewed to spec and then, um, the flavor profiles that we want to have come out in these, um, beers are, are actually what we're achieving. And so, um, just sitting around that's that's a really fun game. If you want to put together kind of a drinking game at your next supper club, um, you oh. have people smell a beer or wine for that matter. And, you know, ask them what they're smelling and and how people describe that sensory is just awesome. Um, you know, mm-hmm. the, the professionals, if I said, hmm, it kind of smells citrusy. Uh, one of our sensory experts would say, mm, I think what you're smelling is actually lemon zest. It's been slightly warmed. Uh, you know, it's, it's like oh, so boy. much more than the one word descriptor that, that might come to mind for me. It's, it's so cool to hear. We did a thing once. Uh, like a lemon was- meringue pie. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, exactly. we, we, so we, that's been cut on the bias. William Shatner had a show, a, a YouTube show, or not a YouTube, but a video show once where he, because he loves wine oh. and Nancy loves William Shatner. And yeah. so she's like, well, we're watching every episode. It was about yeah, brown, was he brown so, bagged the wine and he had so celebrity funny. guests on and they couldn't tell what the wine was. And some of them didn't drink. 
and he didn't care. He was like, okay, taste this and tell me what it tastes like to you. Just describe it in a sentence. And he didn't care if they drank wine, knew anything, didn't care. And then you describe it according to your profession. And then later you'd understand like if this was like, you know, two buck check or like, you know, 90 point wine, you know, wine spectator, uh, specter award. And, and it was really funny. So we did this at a Thanksgiving war. It was a Christmas party. I don't know, at a friend's house. And everybody was like walking in, like, what's going yeah, on? And we're like, funny. here, give me your wine. We brown bagged it. And as they entered, we're like, we don't want to know what you, who you are, what you do. Like, hello, but you need to enter this room by telling us what this wine is according to your career. And it was really interesting. And the chef, the chef is the one who blew it. So I want to go yeah. to Lisa and John on this, the, the taste factor. <laughs> so Lisa, tell us a little bit about that, because through your classes, are you seeing people learning how to taste? Yeah, I was actually going to say, Nikki, um, FYI, one of the beers, we always try to highlight local beers and um, cook with the local beers in our recipes. And Highland is always one of them. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, we typically do a, uh, like a lighter beer in our Swiss beer bread. Mm -hmm. And then um, with the dessert, we have uh, strawberries that are macerated and typically the Highland. Oh, those were delicious. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I think it was like a chocolate stout or something that oh, we the used. black mocha stout, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, that's the one. Oh, that was so uh, awesome. Yeah, but that pairs beautifully. <laughs> so, mm, yeah, we don't um, we don't have a liquor license, so we don't actually serve beer, but we can cook with it. And, um, yeah, we talk about what types of beers go well with the different recipes and mm. how not to overwhelm something. My dad okay. used to, to make hot dogs. He was a butcher make hot dogs and when he brought the hot dogs home he always cooked them in beer i'm like yeah. yay mm-hmm. yeah they do that a lot with bratwurst <laughs> yeah it's delicious mm-hmm. well that's cool. how they barbecue in south africa they bry that's instead of barbecue yeah. when we lived over there it was like there was there was no any marinating was beer it was it mm-hmm. and and i think really it was the guys dominated the the bry scene and oh, they yeah. had to have their beer barbecue. and they're like well we need the beer for the bry but, you know, they were really just sitting there drinking the beer and then go splash, splash. We did our job. That's really what it was, what it was about. <laughs> but yeah, the cooking John's- with beer class is, uh, is very popular with the guys. So it's one way for the some of the wives or girlfriends to get their guys to come take a mm. cooking class with them. <laughs> Ooh, you can, you is- can use beer in a cake. You can oh. use beer in a cake. It, it's actually sure. quite cool. Mm. Yeah, because it's got Jimmy, the yeast yeah. and everything. I've done it with brownies. Oh, but look, but Hello. Karen and Steve, Karen, you you bake with the the leftover <laughs> spelt and everything, right? From what what Steve brews, yeah. From, and you right, doggy from biscuits. the sprint grains, we do cookies and dog biscuits and breads and stuff. Yes. Okay. Yeah, mostly dog that, biscuits though. Yeah, that's why Oreo the dogs are so cozy. They're so happy. <laughs> and they normally <laughs> donate them to, to the local shelters when, when they can. So that's that's really yep. awesome that you guys do that. I well, you know, I I I do want to go to when you, you brought up about women um bringing their husbands and boyfriends and you know, anybody like that that's like, hey, you know, I'm gonna got beer and, and cooking class to get them to a cooking class. Mm. You know, it's kind of interesting about I see more women drinking beer now than before. So, Nikki, can you comment on that? Are you seeing that 
and Highland Brewing Company that more women are getting involved in beer than before? Or is it oh, just definitely. my friends? Um, it's certainly, <laughs> um, you know, an industry that would have been started uh, male dominated in general, mm-hmm. um, as far as the um, you know, the brewers themselves, uh, the, the, you know, tap room and brewery owners, um, and then the, mm. the, the beer culture, but that is, that has evolved and it's really an inclusive community and women in beer, um, is a topic that's been talked about and, um, mm. encouraging more women to get involved. Um, and of course here at Highland, um, we now have a female leadership and president, right. Um, you know, I'm the vice president, uh, if I I remember correctly, over 50% of our staff is female. Right Um, on. And so uh, we've got, we've got, we've got a lot of females on staff and uh, a lot of them in high levels of management as well. Well, it's Highland. Don't mess with them. (laughs) I know my grandmother. (laughs) My grandmother used to drink beer, but she said, if you're going to drink beer as a lady, Let's always put it in a glass. You cannot drink it from a can. That's, yeah, that's no, no, <laughs> I will no. Say that. time, I certainly pour a nice beer into a wine glass, especially at home. Yes. Or even oh, a tap I, room. I if do. I want a half pour, I'll ask yeah. for our fancy stemmed glasses and have my beer in a fancy glass. I like, yeah. I like beer in a wine glass. <laughs> but I've also, I'm, I, I go way back when to oil cans and I have, a, I don't know, there's just something once in a while I just want to sit in jeans in the dirt and drink a beer in a can. I don't know. <laughs> it's a summer thing. I don't know. Keep it I'm, simple. I'm, I'm a tomboy at heart, you know, and, and have done it. Like I am a tomboy. Climb trees, falling out of them, falling off roofs. And and maybe that's why I drink a lot of beer. Like, you know, it doesn't matter. But it, but there is the or time. Maybe it's where because it's of like, drinking beer. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> don't tell my mother. Me too, though. She's on the show. But mm-hmm. no, but there's something about that, you know, where you do pour mm-hmm. a beer in a glass, a, a stem glass. I've done that. And it's just like giving mm. it that grace you know it's I, it's it, my grandmother drank two beers and roller skated off her roof of her house <laughs> see and then <laughs> later said, my granddaughter did it no and her lesson was don't ever do that well apparently i took after her and that's why i have such bad ankles to this day yeah but she's like I, don't but, do it but you know it's we've gone so pa- like i remember you know it was in my teenage years and i'm so young um, that mm-hmm. used to be, here's your pitcher and here's your plastic pitcher of beer and beer was always uh, no, just, and I always thought, yeah. God, it's like, it's like, you know, we're not drinking, you know, no, I don't want to say the words of it, but now we've gotten to a point where beer is it. And I love it. I love that. There's this variety of what we can have and taste. There's something for everyone. Nancy always didn't like beer. And I said, well, mm-hmm. if you're, you're smelling beer in a pitcher of I know, plastic, plastic pitcher and it wasn't necessarily the best beer and then <laughs> then with all the craft breweries like we started to find nancy's flavor and yeah it's mm-hmm. now Na- i mean we did that right Stephen karen nancy mm-hmm. drank beer with you oh she's yeah. Yeah, he's a happy we beer do. drinker now so and it's so about nancy, finding curious, that what is your flavor? flavor tell me about what you you enjoy your beer tasting like if it's not I beer, like, beer i like a little touch of citrus not a ton okay but i also learned to have it in a glass, not in plastic. Oh, sure. Right. It, I, because I smell the plastic before I taste. And and then it just, and it's the same with anything. I don't like plastic. I don't yeah, want to the, eat the or vessel drink. The that, that the liquid is presented in really affects um, the overall experience. So mm-hmm. if that 
you know, obviously glass is um, the best and, mm-hmm. if it, but if it's not cleaned or there's too much soap, like there's residue that can affect yeah. the way it tastes and smells and, Absolutely. Um, the, you know, that how big the, the, the kind of the mouth of the, of the glasses and getting mm-hmm. enough um, ability now to you sound like my grandmother. the aroma, all that matters. Wow. I know, see? My, see, now my grandmother always said, if you're a lady, you get a thin lipped glass. You don't get the thick one. You get the thin <laughs> one. Oh, my no God. No for you. <laughs> I know. It's so funny. It's like, how'd she t- Yeah, no, she was funny, man. She, she rode a motorcycle. She's one of the first women yeah, to ride a motorcycle Yeah, she's four foot nine country. and rode a motorcycle to Canada, from California to Canada. <laughs> Motorcycles first came out. And then she learned to. She is not. She is not the little old lady from Pasadena. Let's just oh, put it that way. Even though she lived she, there. She, like, squeezed great. <laughs> that would fly out of her her hand into the people behind her. Okay, so, nice. Nice. Like nice, Nancy. I want to I want to go back to John here cuz John, yeah. I want to go because going from Belgium, like you've got to think about the beer of Belgium. Like you, mm. you I mean, you've got some of like the most classic I recall like the Trappist beer, am I even saying Trappist? That's Trappist yeah, beer. the Trappist that's one of those. The monk. Yeah. And so being yeah, here they're in Nashville, all wow. beers actually made by monks and mm-hmm. they're absolutely delicious. And a lot of actually uh, recipe here are stolen from Belgium. Mm. Oh, really? So this is like kind of a homecoming in a way for you. And, you know, like, you know, you're kind of home, like it's a connection. So this Belgium, I mean, because that's, I think it's very interesting about every country, like Nancy started, like, you know, with, with mm-hmm. you know, here's a country that doesn't have beer anymore. It's illegal, but mm. Every country has its own beer marking, yet here yeah, it is. Yeah, for sure, Belgium, Belgium is pretty good in beer. Yeah. That's, that's mm. the only thing they, they can mm-hmm. do very well, beer and chocolate. Oh, oh come on now, you <laughs> cooking. So what do you like to do when, when you're cooking and teaching? Do you have a favorite beer or a beer recipe? What, what do you like? Well, actually, when I cook, I don't really drink beer. <laughs> I would like to sometimes. Oh. Um, you know, basically, when I cook, I just try to teach, you know, like... How can I explain that? No, we drink beer after after the class for sure. But oh, do you ever so cook with beer? Yeah, but, you know, we cook, cook with beer for sure. Yes. Oh. Um, yeah, oh, okay. With uh, one one meal with beer, the, the well, cooking with beer class. Mm, uh, okay. Yeah, that, um, Isa, uh, Lisa explained a few minutes. Yeah, that right. But but okay. so you oh so he's being professional. He doesn't drink while he cooks. <laughs> no, so I drink when cook? I cook when no one can see me. Uh, okay, oh, so tell okay. us what. Okay, so what you, we drink a lot. See, here comes oh, the truth. Oh, okay, between two classes, we drink two. I'm okay, sorry. What, what, tell, we want the backstory. We want the gossip. Like, okay, so what you you're a professional when you're cooking, but what are you doing when you're you know not teaching and cooking? What are you drinking and cooking? Like, I love white wine and all kind of beer, as long as they're crafted beer. Ah, crafted. Uh, I really Ever? like them all. Have I'm a ever... beer drinker, not so much a wine drinker, but I love beer. I love IPA. We actually make IPA and double IPA, and that's probably my favorite. Ooh, ooh. Have mm. you ever drank, drunk, drank a beer or wine with a straw? With a straw? No. <laughs> no, that's a no no. Oh, come on. That's, that's no, a no no. That's against my religion. That's, that's a no no. That's, 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 I, that's, even that's, think. that's I actually am not. Like you said, no. drinking beer on a, a plastic glass, that's also a big no no. That's a no no. Oh, yeah. no. Always red, on yeah, a good like glass. The, keg, the, keg, the keggers with the red cups, that's a no no. <laughs> that's, oh, you know, not necessarily. Listen, 
I just, you know, this is my thing. When you go to stadiums and everything and you get your beer, like, and you pay more than you would at the brewery, oh, right? Yeah, we all really. know. You go to a game or something, and then it's like this, you you want this beer. Like when we lived in San Diego, Stone Ale, uh, oh my gosh, you know, I want my arrogant mm. bastard beer. And then okay. here it would come in this little plastic cup, and you have to it's walk like, all dude. the way back to your seat. And it's like, by the time it's there, it's like, dude. You've ruined my beer. Like, this, mm-hmm. I'm serious. So, Nikki, what can we do about the red plastic cup? Is there any kind of anything that these stadiums can change? Because, like, you, your favorite beer is there, you know, and you'd want it, and you'll pay, like, whatever you need to pay for that favorite beer. Right. And then I feel like you need to just stand in line, drink it, and don't let anybody so you can get a double. Like, I don't know. What, what can't can you do? give them your own, your own glass? If she yeah, put exactly. your own, like your, your own uh, you bring it in and uh, serve in the glass. Um, yeah, they oh, don't there, want there glass. is a product. I mean, you've probably been to, uh, I believe the tourists had them this year, maybe mm-hmm. last year too. The, the kind yep. of, yep. I guess, reusable aluminum type cup. Um, those are good. We got a nice collection of those. <laughs> oh, and that this, and it doesn't taste like metal. It doesn't no, taste I mean, weird and it keeps it very an cold. It's an upgrade from the plastic, oh. but it's not a glass. Well, yeah. Mm, right. But hey, a little upgrade if it's reusable. Mm. So the tourists, okay, Steve and Karen, I have seen these photos on Facebook. Uh, Steve, Karen, <laughs> either one of you, the tourists, this is a local group, right? It's or funny. not a local group? What's what the tourists? Baseball. Sounds like a band name. Yeah, minor league baseball. <laughs> minor okay. league baseball. Oh. Mm. Yeah, it's our local cool. team. Okay. Cool. Who do they play against? Are there minor league? Another regional team. Uh, like a lot Greenville of Drive, the Hickory yeah. Crawdads. The Grasshoppers. The Hickory Crawdads. Oh, that's the cool. Hickory Crawdads. Yeah, Crawdads, Grasshoppers, Drive. Okay. Okay. So, it's like an insect symposium. Okay. So, do you get your beer? <laughs> now, now, can you get. Can you, can you have Highland Brewing when you go there? Like, that's a, yes. absolutely. Yep. Yes. There's, okay, there's that's important. Nothing more fun than being at the ballpark and having a crisp Highland beer out of a reusable aluminum cup. <laughs> All right, and what are we eating with it? <laughs> I agree. Corn dogs. There we go. Can we have actually Ashland Taurus? They've got, I mean, they've got a great setup there. So um, we have quite a few of our beers on uh, draft, and then they've um, mm-hmm. they've got a couple sections where you can order to your seats even and get you know, tall boy right. cans delivered. They've got a, cool. like you could get a bowl if you want kind of that, um, you know, kind of Southwest vibe. They certainly have Ooh. brats and hot dogs and um, hamburgers, mm-hmm. that yeah, sort of thing. Steak. But, cool. Yeah. Okay. Really cheese steak I gotta, for sure. I got to go to Lisa mm-hmm. and John from each of you, Lisa and John, I want one beer pairing food that you love. So Lisa, let's start with you. Like, type of beer like doesn't have to be a name or whatever but a beer and what's your favorite side with a beer i would say um i love to drink beer when i have indian food oh yeah so, yeah like um mm. a kind Whoa. of a spicy sweet dish like mm. a tikka masala or something like mm-hmm. that with mm. um an ipa ipa is mm. also my favorite Oh, Ooh. yeah, me too. I know. And a lot of women I know don't want to drink IPAs. They're like, oh, I get too full from them. I'm like, I I'll really don't it. care. Yeah. Just, and there are I, different types. You know, you can have like yeah. a little fruitier one or what about you, John? Uh, personally, I like cheese and beer. 
happy oh, yes. and all kinds of cheese. Mm. Many people will say, well, cheese goes better with wine. As far as I'm concerned, mm-hmm. I like beer better. Oh. Oh. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, because there is a thing. Yeah, I, I mean, fondue. That. I mean, fondue and, oh, and fondue like, and fondue absolutely. Oh, my yeah. God. Yes. Yeah. Beer cheese. Oh. oh, my God. Mm. Yes. Oh, yeah. Beer oh, cheese yeah. is the best. I like it with um, the heavier beers, like uh, the stout beer, uh, Nikki, that you were talking about, the mocha yeah, stout. The mocha stout. Oh, that's yeah. great with like a piece of chocolate cake. That's delicious. Nancy used to make mm. uh, fondue back in the day, but she used to use a crockpot. Yeah. This is when we lived in Africa, and she did oh. have people over and play fondue. And she made yeah. this. It was, it was an angel food cake. And then she oh. had this chocolate rum concoction sauce. sauce that she did with a lot of rum. But that mm-hmm. lots anyway, of rum. Lots and of rum. You just say dip oh. your, your angel food cake in the rum sauce. It was great. It was really good. But lots of cheese. Mm. But cheese mm-hmm. and beer really good. are like, you're really oh, yeah. high. Mm-hmm. And I think there's something in that that balances your body out. Like you can't, you, you, you it's like an acid and the dairy work well together. And that's something mm-hmm. to understand in digestion. I don't want to go to digestion, but beer no. is good for your body. Like wine can get a little bit, okay, we've had enough. But beer, I mean, I could drink beer all day and be fine. <laughs> well, my grandmother used to say it settled. My grandmother used to say if you had a stomach ache, drink a beer. She's like, it's true. Fix you. And how much you drink. <laughs> don't yeah, tell it's like I had stomach aches all the time. Yeah, like if we got if we got a Highland <laughs> Brewing Company, they may have to like just call an Uber and say take take them back home to Lion and the Rose bed and breakfast. It needs to happen. <laughs> it is a bit of pleasure having you all on the show. Before you go, uh, Steve and Karen, we're going to get your picks later because uh, we have part two okay. coming up. Um, but we want to okay. know, you know, how suddenly someone just you know the drop in happens. You know, the old mm-hmm. lost friend family, relatives, or whatever, just come knocking on the door and say, hi, we're here in Beer City, USA. We wanted to come see you. Knock on the door. Where are you going to take them to eat, drink, and be merry? So I want to start with you, Nikki. Where are we going? Oh, man, there's so many great places. Oh, by the uh, way, you guys are I'm the always worst. The worst. I'm always like, who's, who's knocking at the door? Are they adults? Do they have kids? Like, no, no, like we're talking, we're talking adult. He pretends she's not home. This is an eat, drink, be merry show. And I love going on everyone's, you know, alcoholic websites. Are you this, this age? Yes. Well, rock on babies. You know, everybody's got a different thing. But I just want to say you are the introduction to us coming to Asheville. It was the first sign we saw. I was like, Hiram Brewing. I'm like, Dude, dude, mm-hmm. what we gotta go? Like yeah. that's like every guest, no matter what, I'm gonna take them to Highland Brewing. Um, and depending on else, what else on their agenda, if they want to hang out, they want to listen to music. Our main campus is just, I mean, it's a go-to. It's a not to miss spot in Asheville. And if they want to go downtown, um, we've got a brewery, um, a tap room in the SW market, which is Asheville's first food hall, mm-hmm. which is very, very cool. Um, so you can also get a lot of different mm-hmm. uh, food that. choices in one spot. Um, so there's mm-hmm. Thai, there's Buxom Chicken Palace, um, there's a Peruvian uh, food kiosk in there, there's the hops. If you got kiddos, um, that's always a fun uh, stop. Um, 
if I'm with a bunch of girlfriends, uh, I love uh, La Bodega Bacurite and sitting up at that wine bar. Um, I don't always drink beer when I go out. So I definitely enjoy um, so many things that are crafted here in Asheville. And that's a great spot. Um, they want a great burger, man, the vault, the vault downtown, and they have 20 ounce beers, mm, um, at a definitely. great price. That is a go-to spot too. Mm. And I loved Mark tree vineyard out in Hendersonville. So if you haven't been there, um, that is an awesome local, um, winery. They make beautiful, beautiful wine nice. and the setting is beautiful. The hospitality is top notch. Um, I take people there often. Cool. Wow. You made me, I love nice. food halls. Food halls are the <laughs> coolest thing ever. That's our I mean, favorite. Really are. Our I mean, it's a, such a cool concept. And the S&W mm-hmm. market is actually in um, an old 1920s, uh, beautiful, beautiful art deco building. And it was originally Ooh. the S&W cafeteria. So it's kind of mm-hmm. a reimagining of its um, original purpose. And um, it's, it's a, a really cool thing right in the heart of downtown Asheville. So the architecture it's is so cool. cool. You've got some eye candy and oh. several different mm-hmm. food options uh, for everyone. Nice. Of course, our Highland beer is available on draft. Go girl, sell it. Yep. <laughs> so, because mm-hmm. I mean, seriously, that's a big deal. But I mean, these food halls are such a good concept for small restaurants to be able to actually mm-hmm. do something and not have the whole overhead and for right. visitors locals you can go in and have it's it's so cool but uh uh steve and karen mm-hmm. like next time we see you which won't be long um we need to go yep. there okay so because no i know we definitely that's one of our favorites so we will take we have you there not been there yet we have oh. to go okay no. so john what about you uh for drink um i like to go pretty pretty much everywhere. I love the pleb for wine and sometimes drink uh, a beer. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the first week camp also, I love the beer over there. And I think it's from Burial Brewery. Yeah, we dare not talk about mm-hmm. another but Well, <laughs> would you like there's, there's a lot. Yes. You're welcome to share your favorites. <laughs> this is one of, well, Ireland is it's my favorite too, but uh, you're not the only one. We also I like to take, we love to take people um, for a drink in the lobby at the Grove Park Inn. Oh, yeah. Sit by the fire or um, take them out on the terrace. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Nice. Very cool. Very um, Nine nice. Mile, that's near um, Karen and Steve mm-hmm. in Montreal. Yeah, that's yeah. an awesome that's restaurant, uh, kind of. Uh, Definitely. Caribbean. Yeah, I love Nine Mile. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chestnut downtown is one of yeah. my favorite as well. Mm. You guys have so so many options, and I think the brewery yeah, scene cool. brings everybody together. You know, it kind of like makes it a mm-hmm. destination. But you can't have just beer without food. We need we need the food, and right. I love that you guys are teaching cooking. And I, you know, I was mm. watching your video today, uh, John and Lisa. You know, watching like a newlywed couple going in for a cooking class. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's a smart move. Like seriously, yeah. Um, and I think for date night, it's a great I think you know because you're learning something together, and everybody's a little different about it. But I think there's just so much you can do with this. I mean, even just you know, showers, bridal showers, and all these events, like you're saying, corporate events. It gets people thinking. And I think all mm-hmm. of this about eat, drink, be merry. Yes, there's the fun, and the, it, you know, we can all have a big party. But tasting takes mm-hmm. time and it and mm-hmm. we all talk about meditation and all those zones and focusing in on things but tasting and truly tasting makes us focus 
without all that monkey mind stuff in our head, right? All that monkey man chatter, it just Mm -hmm. allows us to experience and zone in on something that our bodies know how to do, but we need to focus in and let our bodies do, right? So just getting on Mm -hmm. a little spiritual pathway there, tasting is a spiritual practice it's it's an art and there's your taste buds on your tongue do different things at different times so i know i what was that commercial swirl it clockwise or whatever you really do need to make sure the the beer touches all sides of your tongue and then then try to do one side at a time by the way nancy drinks beer like a dog in the dog bowl no i'm kidding <laughs> to make it all happen i do the same the ultimate wine. drinking vessel i yes. know it's like no if you did if you put the beer on Ash one side of your friendly. mouth it will taste different than on the other side and if you put it at the tip of your tongue it will taste, taste different, different than on the side of yeah, your yeah. mouth that's a thing and, and it takes time it's you know if you're just going to swallow I, it down it's just to get drunk or something but if you're going to taste what? as opposed to drink you need yeah. to swirl it clockwise. Oh, here we go. Well, thank you guys for joining us. I want to, on that note, uh, we're going to get to our second uh, segment soon, but everyone go to cooking, excuse me, cottagecookingashville.com uh, and hang out with John and Lisa over there and get some classes. And if you're, you know, going to the B&B, go, you know, hang out at the cooking cottage. And uh, if you are, I'm calling it the cooking cottage. Is that, I can say that, right? Cottage, cottage cooking. Cottage cooking. Cottage cooking. Cottage yeah. Cooking. You know, go to the cottage. Um, but then, uh, you know, go to the brewery too. You've got to do that. Highland Brewing Company. Go to highlandbrewing.com. Thank you all for joining us. Thanks. So Thank much you for having, having us. Yeah. Thank you all. No, thanks, everybody. Everybody stay out of the dog bowl. Thanks. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you. <laughs> Hey, everyone, you're listening to Big Blend Radio's Adventures in Asheville show. And, of course, this airs every first Tuesdays with our friends, Steve and Karen Wilson. We call them Mr. and Mrs. Wild of Asheville. Uh, They Mm -hmm. own and run the Lion and the Rose Bed and Breakfast in the Monfort Historic District of Asheville. So go to lion-rose.com. So this is really our Eat, Drink, and Be Merry show. Because you know what? Asheville has... You know, the Blue Ridge Parkway, they have the Arboretum, there's the Biltmore, uh, there's Smoky Mountains National Park nearby. We talk about all these uh, Chimney Rock, all these amazing places, trolley tours, all kinds of cool Mm. things, history. But it is Beer City, USA. But there's all kinds of libations to enjoy all around. And there's all kinds of good food. So today we're delving into the eat, drink and be merry scene. And of course, You've got to start at the bed and breakfast at the line and the row. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're on our second part of the show right now. We had for, uh, part one where we were chatting with Nikki Mitchell from Highland Brewing Company and part two. Well, and also uh, we had the it's cottage cooking. I kept calling them the the 
cooking cottage because it just felt cozy. But John Gotson, Lisa Andreasen, Andreasen at cottagecookingashville.com. I'll give him another website shout out for all my mistakes there. But because um, they teach people how to cook and we all need that, I think, you know. But Steve and mm -hmm. Karen, uh, Steve, you brew beer. And Karen, yep. uh, I know you love to bake. So what is baking yep. right now for your guests, Karen? Well, right now we're closed, so really no baking going on. But um, for February, we're going to be focusing on chocolate, just doing chocolate desserts. And uh, Steve Ooh. is brewing a, a nice stout to go with that. Mm. Yeah, chocolate Very stout. nice. Very nice. nice. Ooh, chocolate stout, some chocolates. Mm. I remember brownies, you know, when we were there last time. Mm -hmm. There's been cookies. Yep. There's been brownies. And then breakfast. Ooh, breakfast. Steve, yep. what is the latest hit breakfast-wise? Mm. There's those cups, well, we those always cups. do our traditional, we always do our traditional orange ricotta pancakes with mm. sausage and the ham egg cheese cup. You, you know, that's sausage. our traditional Sunday with the beer mosa. Yes, I you said, said sausage. sausage. They do the cheese. <laughs> sausage. sausage. We will be trying some new things for this year. All right. So everyone, yep. uh, we did a sausage day show last year. Because Steve, when he cooks breakfast, if it's sausage, he sings Sausage Day. And Ozzy and Oreo, they're two little shih tzus, know it's Sausage Day. They get excited because they know they get tidbits afterwards. And we ended up doing a Sausage Day show. October 1st is National Sausage Day. Who knew? And who knew that we had ended up doing four hours of Sausage Day footage from around the country <laughs> and around the world? England, South Africa. We had Louisiana, Asheville. California, New York. I mean, it was pretty insane. So anyway, you guys are bad influences, but we love it. So today's, <laughs> we're, we're, we're going to go to a brewery. We're going to go to a distillery. And we're also going to learn about ginger beer today. So uh, our next guest, I'm going to bring Mike Semenek on the show. He's a co-founder of Dissolver. And this is the website, D-S-S-O-L-V-R.com. So Dissolver. And they're cool because they have alien beer and a whole bunch of other beers. So welcome, Mike. How are you? Good, good. Thank you so much for having me on today. Uh, it's a super pleasure. I, uh, so stoked to be on your podcast. Hey, listen. So Sausage Day, what would you pair in your brewery right now? Like, what would you pair with sausage? Oh, easily, easily one of our, our pilsners would, would do really well with uh, any sausage, I'd say. So uh, right now we actually have an Italian style Pilsner on, uh, we call that one cold caprese pizza, but would go handedly with a sausage fest there. Ooh. Mm -hmm. All right. You, you guys have to all come back on the show for this. Like sausage day is happening. Again this year it's, it's become a thing. So, and to solver, tell us about the name. How did this come up? Because you guys opened in 2019, like a really good time. Yeah. Before the pandemic, as we know, I was like, dude, per we all need your beer now. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, but the, the name does, it comes from a blend of, uh, you know, the greater Asheville area, awesome people, and some and some good beverages blending together or dissolving together, as, as you may take it. Mm. So yeah, I wanted all those to incorporate uh, into one vibe, and that's how we got Dissolver. Nancy, I think he wins the award today because you know we're big blend. You know, <laughs> yeah, he said blend. Oh, oh. Yeah, I think yeah. he got an award today. I think a thumbs <laughs> up award. You know, I don't know. He gets an extra link on the sausage. 
<laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's interesting. I want to go to our, our next guest, too. We got Joe Ragazzo. Ragazzo, let me get this right. He's the CEO of Two Trees Distilling, and you can go to twotreesdistilling.com. And um, I apparently found out that you can go there seven days a week and have a free whiskey tasting. I'm just saying um, they're based out of Fletcher, <laughs> and we'll find out where that is. But uh, welcome, Joe. How are you? Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. And yes, you can come visit us seven days a week because I know here in North Carolina, stores aren't liquor stores aren't open on Sunday. So but we oh. can give out some free whiskey on Sunday. What do you mean? Mm-hmm. What do you what do you mean that that what? Yeah, you can't. ABC, you can't. Yeah, yeah you can't buy. No, you nope. can't buy. You can't buy spirits on Sunday in North Carolina. No, I I moved here uh, about uh, what, sixteen months ago from Louisville, Kentucky, the heart of bourbon whiskey, and uh, oh, found my way to uh, to two trees. And uh, it's been a great transition. We love it here. But one thing about North Carolina, you know, they have some different regulatory laws around alcohol. But the good news is you can come here and find us. We have an array of different uh, flavored whiskeys, spirits, uh, bourbons that you can try. What got you guys started in that? And I I actually want to go to your name, Two Trees Distilling, because... I mean, right now we're sitting in the middle of the Pisgah, I wouldn't say Pisgah, but the Pisgah National Forest, however you say it. Um, And we love it. We're right in the forest right now in Burnsville. So I don't know where you are from us in Fletcher, but there's something about trees. And of course, like, isn't that part of the aging process for what you're distilling? Exactly, Lisa. So in the traditional methods of creating whiskey and bourbon specifically, uh, the, you have to have uh, new charred oak white uh, barrels, right? White oak barrels. And oh, okay. so, and it has to be aged. Um, it is aged anywhere from six months to, to whenever the, the distiller decides to pull it out of the, uh, the barrel. And that's where the barrel gives all the color and added flavors to a whiskey. So at Two Trees, what brought me here to Two Trees, they've been in business now here in Fletcher for about five years. We're at uh, 17 Continuum Drive in Fletcher. And we have a uh, unique process where we sustainably mature uh, our, our whiskeys, meaning that we have a technology here that we use, that you put it in our machine along with specific white oak chips or any types of different woods. And in 24 hours, we can take a clear spirit and turn it into a product that tastes like a three to four year old bourbon. Wow. That's awesome. That is That's cool. so cool. That- yeah. It's, it's very, it's very unique in, in that uh, there's not, uh, we're the only ones that do this type of process in the U S there's some other things that people use to try to, uh, they call it rapid aging. Uh, we like to call it sustainably maturing because, you know, in an oak tree, um, fully matured, it takes about 80 to 120 years. And when they mm-hmm. harvest that tree, you can get two barrels 
of traditional uh, whiskey mm. out of that tree, two barrels of 53 gallons each. The rest of that tree gets scrapped and it goes oh. to different, different things. Um, the white oak is a very uh, precious commodity. With our process, since we only, we only need to use about 10% oak of what produces a barrel, we can use limbs, we can use the knotted wood, we can use distressed wood. And within one tree, we can replicate enough whiskey that would come out of 27 barrels. Oh, mm. have, you, have you taken your barrels after you've done that and given it to breweries? I've, I've yeah, been well, to some. Actually, we don't even use barrels. We use, we use, uh, we take oak, we chip it, and we put, we put it through this, uh, our machine, our technology, and when the uh, product comes out as a as an aged uh, whiskey or bourbon, we take those chips and then we put them through another process where we constrict it and squeeze every last bit of alcohol content out of the wood, and we we produce a product that's called liquid oak concentrate, and we can mm. use this concentrate in uh in beer and in wine to give it a a, a barrel an oaky barrel taste and oh, i want to wow. talk to you later take talk to you later mike because i think we have a we can turn you on to a process we use this uh, we've used a concentrate in a couple of breweries around town here already. yeah i'd love to hear more about that so, some, yeah. this, this is cool i want to can can people take tours and see what you're doing or is it like do we have to have a like a you know a NASA clearance or something? Yeah, yeah. Well, for, 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 for special VIPs like you, Lisa, and the team, yeah, we can give you a special tour. But typically, we go to our tasting room. We have a clear glass panel. People can see in the back all the going. Oh, okay, cool. Okay, how far are you from Asheville? Uh, well, I I right now I'm living in Biltmore Village, so it takes me about 20 minutes down Hendersonville Road. Oh, that's not far. Yeah. By the well, airport, the, not far from the, the airport. Twi- yeah, the Twinkly Light airport. Village. I call it the Twinkly Light yep. Village. Don't yeah, Twinkly Lights. Twinkly right. Lights. I feel like I'm it's in Switzerland. Yeah, it is. It's like Twinkly Lights. Okay, so we want to go over and get some Ginger's Revenge now. I love the name, and I'm just super excited about this. So Ginger'sRevenge.com is a website to go to, and we're going to chat with David Eckley and Andy Wiggum. Uh, David is the co-founder and CEO. Andy is the marketing and events coordinator. And I want to bring David on first. Uh, David, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having us on. Hey, we're excited. Andy, how are you doing? Doing so well, Lisa. Hey, this is exciting about what you guys are doing, David. Um, you know, Nancy, we were talking about this earlier. I mean, ginger beer was part of my growing yeah. up and, um, and you know, it was, it, it's just nothing. I think maybe in Florida, a few um, international markets kind of things I've been able to get it, um, but not like a a beer. They've kind of made it more cider. It, it's just not not what you're doing. So can you give us a little background of you bringing Ginger over here? Because I'm just like, oh, I got to come see you. <laughs> I need a fix, <laughs> basically. And from my, I need a childhood teenage fix and um, older than teenage fix. But um, how did that happen that you brought Ginger Beer here? Yeah, sure. Um, and I'll back up even further a little bit. A lot of people... Um, myself included when we didn't uh when we first started the business um don't realize that ginger beer 
has a lot of history behind it. It actually originated in the 17 and 1800s um, as worldwide trade was was increasing and um, ginger was being imported into England and North America. And at one point in time, there were over 500 producers of ginger beer in North America. Um, when I was doing my research, I came across um, some information that suggested that uh, prior to prohibition, um, there was actually uh, just as much ginger beer flowing as hopped beer and cider. And that kind of sparked the business idea. Um, mm. My first introduction to alcoholic ginger beer, a cousin of mine brought it to a family reunion. And as a home brewer, I looked at the label and said, you know what, I, I can make that. Um, my wife and I were living in Panama at the time. Um, and the ingredients for ginger beer were pretty easy to find down there. Uh, cane sugar, lemon juice, lime juice. Um, so started making it um, in Central America. When my wife and I moved up to Asheville in 2012, um, the uh, the ginger beer had become a staple in our household. We started serving it at uh, homebrew events and festivals, oh. and just really positive feedback. And um, looking at the industry, the um, growth in the gluten free market, really felt like uh, an opportunity that that we had to pursue. And um, we knew that if we didn't do it, somebody else would. So we decided to take the leap and incorporated the business in 2015. Um, wow. <laughs> That's like, let's just go for it. So like, cool. really? Yeah. I mean, did you look at your background and go, we, we're good at this so we can do that? Or did you just go 100% boldly into ginger beer waters? Yeah, a little little more of the latter. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was really a passion project. And um, like I said, it felt some like something we had to do. It felt like a calling. Yeah. So I, to take the leap. It's good. For, ginger is really good for your body. Um, I want to go to Andy uh, with this because I know you also do non-alcoholic drinks, which I think is great because so many people, so many bars and restaurants are turning to mocktails too. But ginger beer itself. The root, whether it's alcoholic or not, but it it is ginger is huge it, in regards to your. I, if you study Ayurveda and things like that, you'll you know read about how good it is for your body. But um, do you see that happening in you know with ginger's revenge that people recognize the medicinal benefits and are drawn to what you're doing? Yeah, absolutely. So we can't necessarily claim anything. Um about the benefits of our alcoholic ginger beer, just because, you know, it is an alcoholic right. product, everything in moderation, um, that sort of thing. But you kind of do get that feeling of um, it's a much lighter product. It Ginger does have anti-inflammatory properties. It's really good for gut health, that sort of thing. So we do see a lot of people coming to us saying, you know, we can't do the gluten and this is such a great product mm. for us, whether or not they are gluten. Oh, yeah. Um, it just has become a staple in a lot of households for people who want a lighter, um, unique beverage. Wow. So this this is exciting for people to have this. And so where so you've got the South Slope Lounge. Is that where people go and get this mostly? 
Yeah, so we have our two locations. Our um, brewery and Riverside Tasting Room is where everything, you know, kind of began. Um, that opened in March of 2017, about six nice. years ago. Um, and then we just opened the South Slope Lounge about five months ago here in downtown Asheville. Um, we're right below Buxton Hall Barbecue, if you're familiar. Um, so right in the heart of the South Slope. Um, mm. You can get our non-alcoholic beverages at both locations. We've always been a place where we feel like no matter your beverage persuasion, there should be something for you. Uh, so we've always had some great mm -hmm. non-alcoholics stocked up. Um, but we have recently found an opportunity to um, try our hand at the non-alcoholic game. Um, so we've been canning a really delicious ginger soda and our Tulsi peppermint oh. tea. Um, and those are available in the cans at our Riverside location and on draft at our South Slope location. And along with those, we also have um, some homemade shrubs and some exciting mocktails that we've just debuted this past week. So um, we're hopping on that train of dry January, but we definitely foresee this lasting uh, much longer than that. I think, you know, the, the dry January, a lot of people do it and then they just keep going, you know, and it's also just kind of slowing down a little bit, regrouping on your health, you know, mm -hmm. and so it's, it's a cool thing. Um, but do you package, like, can people buy it in grocery stores or get it in restaurants? And I want to go to everybody on that. So people know, you know, how to get it. Um, so for uh, Ginger's Revenge, where can people get it besides you or do they just go right to you? Yeah, so like Andy mentioned, we've got the two uh, taproom locations. Um, our Ginger's Revenge product lineup uh, can be found um, across the state of North Carolina in about 650 different bars, restaurants, grocery stores across the state. Um, and we also just launched into South Carolina, so we're starting to to make some inroads there. Um, if Very cool. anybody would like to try to find our product, check out the beer finder, find.gingersrevenge.com. Oh, cool. Cool. Mm. Uh, that, that is exciting. And I, I want to go over to Joe, uh, tell us a little bit where people can get two trees distilling. Um, is it just at the tasting room or can we get it on the shelves? Sure. Yeah. In North Carolina, we first and foremost, like you said, we would love to have you come down to our tasting room and where you can taste all of our uh, products. But in, in North Carolina, do you have a bed and breakfast attached to just saying well, when I'll I go on your what, website, it, <laughs> I'm it, going to need you, some help. Well, we can always put up a cup for you, Lisa. Not a problem. Okay. Um, but the uh, uh, but he, on the shelves in the uh, in the stores here in North Carolina, you can find our sea salted caramel uh, whiskey, our uh, mm, Carolina peach. Yum, yum. And in, in, you know, in certain locations, also our woodcrafted is two trees, uh, bourbon whiskey. Ooh. Okay. So when we talk about sausage, what would you pair with from two trees? Well, let's like, go. I think it depends on the, the sausage. What's the flavor oh. of the sausage? Well, we so could, you, don't, I could go in so many flavors after that yeah. show. I didn't know things like what people yeah. stuff things in sausage <laughs> food and exactly. sausage. Boudin from Louisiana. 
there's chorizo. I mean, like, okay, so let's go with a spicy sausage. Yeah, let's so go I with like it, a chorizo. Yeah. yeah. What would you do? I, I think that uh, with chorizo, uh, I think it, you would probably use maybe our, uh, maybe an old fashioned would be, uh, would be mm. really good with that with a little uh, cherry and not so, uh, not so spicy uh, taste of whiskey. Oh, that's a nice mm-hmm. balance. That is like, that's like a, like the full mm-hmm. flavor profile. Okay. So Ginger's Revenge, we got to go back to you on the sausage because, you know, everybody has to have the sausage pairing. Who knew we were going to go into that? But of course, sausage day will prevail. So David or Andy, do you have a, <laughs> a pairing you want to suggest with, you know, come on, we could put some ginger in sausage too. Ooh. Mm-hmm. That could be interesting. Trisco, I have to do lime agave. Um, Lime agave is great with uh, a lot of different cuisines, but yeah, Latin food for sure. Uh, it's got mm-hmm. a hint of sweetness to balance balance that chorizo heat. Um, Andy's uh, quite a culinary specialist. What do you think? Um, I would definitely say the original would be good. Um, nice and dry. Going to get some good ginger heat to complement. Um, any spiciness of the sausage, maybe some of the, if we go with like a more fennel based sausage, that original, it's going to really kill it. Um, yeah. Oh, did we talk? Um, I don't know if we got into the fennel in the sausage yet. Cause that's important. That goes more Italian, right? It, when we start mm-hmm. adding the fennel. Yeah. We got to We, we got to mm. I, I smell a second, you know, <laughs> sausage day coming up for sure. It's going to happen. Uh, Mike, mm-hmm going to dissolve where can we get your alien beer <laughs> well you stuck on that label yeah I'm we sorry. distribute uh, throughout the whole state so most bottle shops and you'll even find our product on draft uh, at a ton of uh, local bars and restaurants throughout the state uh, but obviously the best place to go is is come to our tap room in downtown we're right on north lexington 63 north lexington ave so uh yeah that's by far the best spot we're you know we have 24 taps running right now and that includes two cask engines uh two check side pulls and then uh we just actually installed the two bay slushy machine so we got some slush rolling out too. oh yeah so mm-hmm. in addition to beer you you can find some mead wine and cider on on tapped here too so yeah Tasty. we have yeah uh mead that's oh, cool yeah. mead and then uh yeah that's the natural wine game is something we've turned on recently as well. And uh, that's been a lot of fun. Wow. So that's with the honey. And then at the same time, you're still using grapes, right? Yeah. yeah. Wow. So are you sourcing grapes from North Carolina for your wine and mead or do you yeah, have to actually, go out of state? Yeah. Uh, actually, all of our grapes are organic, uh, locally sourced grapes from North Carolina. So uh, we work with our buddies over at Plea Bourbon Winery, and they help us source all our grapes. So we run like a, a similar, a similar setup uh, as they do, but a little smaller scale to fit inside our brewery. Oh yeah! So this is this is fascinating. What's going on here? So do you guys all kind of look at Asheville? Obviously, all the natural beauty and the historic beauty. Are you? Looking at Asheville, let's start with you, Mike, as a culinary destination for foodies, winos, brew, brew people, like anybody that is, you know, like into good food, good flavor. Oh, absolutely. It's it's probably right up there with like 
a reason to visit Asheville. You know, you got your mountains, but then you have our food and wine scene, our, our beer scene here. It's just an amazing place to imbibe and uh, enjoy the scenery for sure. Wow. I like so it. I, mm -hmm. I do. Yeah, exactly. Um, mm. Oh, I hear Nancy's back. We lost Nancy for a while. Are you there, Nancy? Uh -oh. She's I'm here. She got, I think the, she heard, she heard about, you know, beer I'm in the and whiskey. Or I'm in the attic. Oh, she's in the attic. Yeah. <laughs> so that means you've been drinking far more than all of us. I know. Because um, I found uh -oh. bottles up here. Oh, oh she. You know, it happens when you're in the woods and you're in the Pisgah forest. Listen, no, it's beautiful. <laughs> Listen, there's nothing like, um, there is something that happens to you here. And yeah. Steve and Karen, you, well, Steve and Karen introduced us to the good life of Asheville. Mm. And I think there's, we keep circling back. Something happens. Yeah, kind yeah. of your body just all of a sudden just stops. Like, I think last night we went to bed and we're like, that's it. We're we're at peace. We're at home. We had, you know, a nice libation and a nice dinner. And then all of a sudden our bodies just went into, ah, oh, yeah, we're finally home kind of feeling. And I think there's something about that. Mm -hmm. Stephen, Karen, does that happen to your guests? I know it happened to us, but do you see that happen Definitely. all the time? Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. we do. We get a lot of repeat uh, guests just mm -hmm. because they love the vibe of the area. It's just a different uh, setting than than most people are used to. You got the mountains, you got the beer, you got the food. So you got mm. everything to make you feel the comforts of home, but yet you have this beautiful nature surrounding you and then all these fun events and different things going on. Yeah. Mm. The, people are, the people are mellow. Everyone's you chilled know? out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah chill. And I, that's a big yeah. thing. You know, like when you walk down the city street, I'm not right. afraid to walk down the streets in your city. Now, mm -hmm. coming from yeah. L.A., that's a whole different story. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, no, it's true. You well, know, so, no comparison. Yeah. yeah. And it, it's a, it, it, there is something really nice about being able to walk out the door of a bed and breakfast, go around the block, walk a few blocks away, and not feel worried. Mm -hmm. And it, Asheville true. has that. Yeah, it really I does. agree. That, that's important. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's one of the things that attracted us here. Being in the alcohol beverage business, a lot of times when we go to dinner, we, we, we forego a table and we always sit at the bar because there's always more fun at the mm. bar, either talking to the bartender and talking to people. We've mm -hmm. met more people in Asheville in the 16 months that we were here than in five years in Louisville, Kentucky. So, yeah. I mean, it's I just believe a friendly, it. friendly environment. Joe, so that's yeah. where it started from you coming from Louisville. So understanding mm -hmm. the whole bourbon trail and all of that. Um, yeah, yeah. Like we've bourbon. done we've done part of it. We we were in Springfield, Kentucky. Was it Springfield or Springville? Spring Springville. Springfield. Springville. That's where Lincoln's parents it's were. It's about the bourbon. United. And we went up, we went to Bardstown, um, did all yeah. that area. And I mean, it's beautiful out there, but I think, you know, Joe going, to, you know, I was going to go back to you with this. We're in the woods. There's something about at the end of the day, having, you know, bourbon or whiskey in the woods when it, you know, it's soaked in the wood. There's like a weird connection. Like you can't, yeah. I think like, like your beverage says I'm with my family in the woods. Like when you're in a setting, a mountain setting, you know, you know? You, if you're drinking anything, that's a brown spirit, 
it came from wood. So you're returning oh. it right back to oh. nature. Mm. <laughs> Unless it's artificially okay. flavored. So let me no, say we don't. that. Well, well, okay. So now let, let's <laughs> go to, because you do vodka too. So yeah, but that that's comes whole, from potatoes, I thought. Yeah. What I mean, what are you doing for, yeah. What, I mean, yeah. What's going on with <laughs> vodka? Yeah, yeah, we do. We do a little bit of vodka, but that's basically when you get all, all distilled spirits right from the still are clear. Mm. So mm -hmm. vodka is just another distilled spirit. And it's all about the mash bill, which are the grains that go into the product. Mm. So typically bourbon whiskey has to be at least 51% corn. And then they use either wheat, rye, or barley malt to round out the rest of the grains. Mm. And so vodka, vodka doesn't come from potatoes? It does. Vodka can come oh. from anything that makes starch and sugar. So vodka oh, okay. comes, you can, you can make, you can make, uh, like Ciroc is a grape vodka mm. made from grapes. So, mm. wait a minute. So wait, David, can you make vodka with ginger? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you could. Um, you could, you could do it. a ginger infused vodka. Yeah. yeah we, actually, we actually did a very small scale experiment uh, a number of years ago, distilling some of our ginger beer. It, it was pretty interesting. We, like I said, it was very small. We probably started with about a pint of ginger beer and uh, got, I don't know, less than an ounce of of distillate. Um, but can it be done? Absolutely. I need, I need to I need to talk to you. Yeah, let's do I want to do like a all, like a all spice vodka. You know yeah. that like when you don't know what you're doing in the kitchen and there's a little pin of allspice and it's got everything in it just poured in dude it works so i think like whole spice vodka sauce. i love that i love that it, it you know it's yeah it i i think this is really cool to hear everybody on the show today about because i i hope that you all follow up and chat because I just, I, I know Nancy and I want to go hang out with all of you and see what you're doing. Um, mm -hmm. Because, you know, David, tell us like, are you, what are you doing with the ginger and how do you get it? Yeah. I mean, I know there's ginseng apparently up in these woods. I heard about that and, and mushroom people. We used to grow ginger in, we used to grow ginger in Africa. Beware of the mushroom people. No, they are here. I've seen them on the webcams of the place we are. They have webcam nature webcams, okay. and they're showing us bears and bear babies and everything. But then they're like, here's mm -hmm. this dude out on the property harvesting mushrooms that has no permission. And <laughs> by the really way, you say you hands. Wasn't he, a good he saw his butt crack. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Um, it was but really it's bad. like he's on the webcams or whatever your nature cams. <laughs> and so they're mushrooms off he's this property. mushrooms off the property. And they're like, don't worry, you can leave your keys in the car. And I'm like, no. But anyway, <laughs> but yeah. like, but he's like, there's ginseng. People are coming out here for medicinal plants. There's like this forest yeah. is mm -hmm. like a hub of biodiversity. That's the but, point. I mean, then, it really is magical. Then you see a mama bear with like four cubs and four i'm like cubs. hoping she meets the mushroom boy oh okay <laughs> that is a boy okay you, you okay but david david going back to that where you're getting i was going back to ginseng but ginger where are you getting the ginger like how do you source it and how do you work with it are you brewing like are you boiling like what are you doing i, I want to come see what you guys are all doing mm. it's like scientific 
Well, yeah, come on out for a tour. Um, I, cool. Oh, do you do tours for people? Like, I know we're media side, but like, do people get to see anything or no? Yeah, we don't have regularly scheduled tours so much, but mm. uh, we've got our six year anniversary coming up um, March 10th through 12th. And cool. Doing several uh, special tours around that time. We're going to do a founders tour, a production tour, um, a marketing tour. And a lot of these are going to help uh, raise money for the nonprofit that we've picked um, to support over our six-year anniversary weekend. So definitely sign up for one of those. Very uh, cool. So you're working mm-hmm, with nonprofits. Cool. That's that's really nice. That's I think cool. that's something also cool about Asheville. You're dog-friendly. You guys raise money. And I mean, so many of the businesses we've been into, restaurants do things and also are like protective of our land, it seems like you guys are sustainable too like yeah, all we, working towards that we try to try to support the community um one of yeah. the things we wanted to do um, just for sustainability was use organic products as much as possible mm. so mm. Um, most if not all of the ginger that we use is uh certified organic from peru wow. um, no way we've used a little bit of locally grown ginger but ginger is a tropical plant, so mm-hmm. it really does best closer to the equator. Um, otherwise, mm-hmm. it's be in a greenhouse. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. To get into our process a little bit, um, we we steep the ginger uh, in hot water, strain it out, and then the fermentable ingredient for our product is organic cane sugar. Um, so we have this big hot steep going. Uh, we add the sugar. We have a proprietary spice blend that we throw in. It's sounding uh, yummy to me right now. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I want to dive in there, but not when it's too hot. It sounds good. But it, I know. Okay, sorry, carry on. But I'm really like, you're making me hungry. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, after, after that, um, we ferment with an ale yeast. Uh, you know, that, that part of the process is pretty similar to uh, making conventional beer. Um, we do have to support the sugar ferment with some additional nutrition. Um, Mm. that that makes our process a little similar to winemaking or, or cider making. Mm -hmm. Uh, from there, we take our, our alcoholic ginger beer base and, uh, it becomes the canvas on which we paint a whole product line. Um, ginger works with so many different types of flavors. Uh, we've really Mm -hmm. the limit of the different combinations that you can do. Um, and since, uh, a lot of our inputs are imported, we, we try to feature, uh, local produce, especially in the summertime, um, with our summer herbal series. So we have a Thai basil, a Kenyan blue basil, uh, our, our fall harvest ginger beer often incorporates local ingredients like anise hyssop, We've used some local pumpkins in there before. Um, so we definitely like to to dabble in the local pr- produce and support local as much as we can. You have made oh. me hungry. I know we're talking about drinks, but you've made me hungry <laughs> completely. I don't know about eating yeast, but the rest of it, it just all sounds delicious. I mean, and there's something so refreshing <laughs> about ginger too. I, you know, here's the thing. We go, we go back to old Jack and ginger, right? So like I'm thinking- oh, well. I, no, like distillery and ginger, like, come on, 
there's a there's a match made in heaven there with a little bit of ginger and and whiskey mm-hmm. like what do you think mm-hmm. uh, i'm just saying mm-hmm. joe no, that could I be good <laughs> i yeah. do i love that idea a lot i i'm nancy we're gonna have to circle back to Asheville again like i'm just saying oh gosh what a hard oh, look what Darn. you guys have started steve and karen guys are the mr and mrs wild of Asheville, truly but now you <laughs> are you look wild ooh. Mm. I, I really want Indian food now. <laughs> I can't help it. There's several so, good places. Oh, seriously. Let's talk about the neighbor, not the neighbor. We don't want oh. the neighbors. Unless you're going to gossip and oh. like peek over their fence, right? Come on. <laughs> Come on. Right? I, I like to gossip about neighborhood gossip. But <laughs> let's talk about someone, you know, knocking on your doorstep, suddenly out of the blue going, hi, I'm home. I'm here. I haven't seen you for years, and we decided to just pop in the pop in. We all love the pop in. Good for right? you. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's seen that episode of Seinfeld. The pop in. We don't want the pop ins, but the pop ins happen, <laughs> and then we're happy because they're friends and family. But they, you know, first okay. thing is, what are we going to feed you? What are we going to have? Some libation and some merriment must happen. If the pop in happens, you've got to have something to ease you out. So. <laughs> Where are we going? What are we eating? What are we drinking? So I want to start with you, Joe. What happens when the pop-in happens? Where are you going? Where are you taking the (laughs) pop-ins? Everybody, by the way, is over 21. So just saying. Okay. Adult pop-ins. The first thing I always ask is how long you staying? Because I'm only going to give you two days. Is that before you let them in the door or on the outside? No, no, no. (laughs) So (laughs) it depends on the guest. So um, for eats in, in, the, in the morning or early afternoon, I, I like going to, uh, we always go to All Day Darling down in Montford. And mm-hmm. they have a nice, n- nice uh, selection of foods, very good people are great there. Um, if we're going in for an evening, there's a, a, a new restaurant we started going to out by the Grove Park Inn called Elder. Um, very good. They make their homemade pasta. It's all homemade. Um, it's it's oh. got a nice little bar to sit at for some cocktails, and it's a it's a very uh, nice dining experience there. Now for drinks, after we're done serving my two trees at our place, did you hear um, how like he just got so like excited, like, lively for drinks? Great. Suddenly, like, the uh, tone yeah, of he, voice just se- That's always secondary on the menu for me. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the, so in, in the morning we uh we like going to uh farewell on south slope to get some coffee or matcha lattes there um and then for the weekends or evenings uh there's always little jumbo great cocktail bar and that's what they serve mm-hmm. is basically cocktails and they're very fashionable or uh you go downtown after dinner and go to the Crave Dessert Bar, which is currently serving our sea salted caramel in one of their winter drinks. Mm. Oh, that sounds so good, though. Sea salty. Yeah. Do you want the Do you want the Be Merry? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Here we mm. go. So, depending on the time of year, on the weekends now we uh, because of the football season. I'm a big football fan. Um, we go to the beer garden. Uh, downtown and yep. they're serving our two trees uh barrel bourbon age seltzer so that's a good uh good place to oh. go 
And then uh, we'd also like to take folks on the water, some waterfall hikes. Uh, mm. And uh, nice. maybe during the summer, we catch a, a, a tourist ball game. They're always fun. Oh, mm. yeah. So I like Ooh. the hikes. See, because like we have we have special backpacks that take things <laughs> in their backpacks. We have <laughs> hidden pockets. And everybody, when you meet us, I'll show you. Do you, um, do you have, and, do you have some we, cozies to keep it chilled? Um, actually, yep. it has an insulated pocket. I have <laughs> insulated pockets, everyone. And I walk it's around, you'll hidden, never know. Hidden Listen, insulated pockets. I mean, I've been pulled over in Indiana cornfield. I was not drinking, but I had oh, that my was insulated so funny. wine uh, packaged in there and no one knew. So anyway, but anyway, so the, no, but there's, I was not drinking um, at all. So, so just to be very Apparently, clear, I'm not about drinking a little driving. Bit you Sorry were driving listen when you go through cornfields it you're going to and they go 50 oh to God, 55 to 50 to 55 you are going to get pulled over because it but just they do it on big purpose seat. it's like yes for yes. like a mile it's 60 and then for the no, next it was 50 to 55 and, and then it goes and it keeps going back and forth and you're like slow down speed up slow down speed up and then here and then comes the, here he comes but I got, yeah. I was fine. They checked. I'm fine. But um, no, listen, it, I think this is, I love the hiking. You, when you hike, Steve and Karen know they took us to, it was Stuart's Knob. <laughs> Let me get the knobs right again. Stuart's Knob that you took us. Because <laughs> that's different than George's Knob. Whose Knob? What Knob? Which one? Sam. Sam Knob. Sam Knob. Okay. In Pisgah Forest. So it's not far from us. Well, Pisgah Forest is huge. But we went on that amazing hike. And at the end, we always like to have our wine with a view or whatever exactly. we're going to drink, right? Mm -hmm. Wine will last in our mm -hmm. little baggies better than bubbles, but one hour to hike and then you can open the baggie and drink. And it's all insulated and cool and it's very nice. Um, but you should be able to enjoy your sips in nature. It's the best way to enjoy, you know, the libation. So I think you guys have the perfect background for that. Um, we're going to come see you, Joe, for sure. We're going to see all of you at some point as we keep coming back and forth to uh, wonderful Asheville. But I want to go to you uh, over, David, at Ginger's Revenge. You got the knock on the door. Where are you going? Yeah, my go-to recommendation is always Nine Mile. Uh, they've got three locations in Asheville. And uh, for Asheville locals, it's just uh, a go-to. Um, can be sometimes hard to get in. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, I often go to the West location. It's a little easier to get in there. I think Montford usually mm -hmm. has like an hour and a half wait. Um, wow. Nine mile. Um, wow. I go to breweries to go visit. Go hang over with Steve and Karen and get some homemade brew. Just saying why you wait to get in. <laughs> Just get a room. Just get a room. We got we got the easy, easy walk. We can walk there, put our name on the list, walk back, sit on the porch or in the oh, parlor, have a drink, see. and then go back. Perfect setup, oh, right? Wow. That was perfect. Huh. Well, do well done, David. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well done. But carry on. Continue on. Sorry, I had to interrupt. Yeah, one of my yeah. favorite breweries to visit is Hillman. Uh, they've got two locations, one in Biltmore Village and uh, another one out in Old Fort. Mm. Um, so if you're at the Biltmore, definitely stop by Hillman uh, for a sandwich um, and, and a beer. They make fantastic beer and uh, old fort if you're out doing trails or coming back from uh, mm -hmm. lake james it's a nice stop mm. 
Mm. You said sandwich and beer. There's nothing like that. And so I've got to go to Mike over at Dissolver, the the man with the alien beer and all kinds of beers. (laughs) I'm sorry. But listen, I can pack your beer and take that on a hike, right? I'm allowed. I I know I can. Yeah. Okay. So you just keep it in the can and then you can take the can out with you. Don't leave it anywhere. Take it home. Take that can back with you. Yeah. Yeah. Because listen, I, your can, like I want to create art out of your cans. Like oh, the designs are so cool. Like I think, <laughs> well, because listen, I don't know if anybody is like me that um, now uh, we travel full time, so I can't do it anymore. But I used to collect coasters at all the breweries I went to, and like I used to have one wall could of build my a house that out of was them. all out of coasters <laughs> from around the world. But now I can't do that because you know the car can only carry so much. Um, so anyway, I'll take beer in the car, <laughs> yeah, <there you laughs> not go. drink it while I'm driving. But <laughs> but anyway, so I'm just saying, but the art on your cans to me is just like, let's let's party. You've got some crazy, cool fun. You've made it really fun. Oh, your, your brewery you. seems really fun. And so we want to go. Um, but mm. where are you going to go? Mm. Like, where are you going to go with friends that knock on the door or family and say, hello, we're here? Yeah, like, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna assume they're showing up early, so we're gonna have a full day of awesomeness uh, going on ah. throughout Asheville. So first, we're gonna get some <laughs> some morning grub. We're gonna head over to the Med right in downtown, and we're gonna get just some easy bre- breakfast biscuits or a breakfast burrito there, and then uh, yeah. yeah, we'll take off from there. And because it's uh, I'm gonna assume it's a Saturday, we're gonna start drinking a little earlier. So we'll pop around the South Slope a little bit, maybe play some pickleball at that new Asheville Sports Club. And then we'll make our way back through downtown. Of course, stop by Dissolver for a quick beverage or two. You know, the round's on me. <laughs> right so on. Then, <laughs> yeah. From there, maybe can you, take... Can you drink and play pickleball at the same time? Yeah. It doesn't <laughs> yeah. mean you do. do <laughs> you sure can. <laughs> I, I listen. I just learned how to play cornhole the other day, like a few months ago. Like finally did that, and I just finally. I'm still giggling. At, and listen, no. I learned about that in Stop Kentucky. No, so I'm just it. saying. A friend from Kentucky told us about cornhole. No, you. And every time you we talked about it on a radio show, we no. started giggling. And everybody in Kentucky started calling her, going, "Why are these girls giggling about cornhole?" She said, "They're from California. Yeah. That's why." <laughs> It's a anyway, national pastime there. Cornhole is fun. So it's some of the boards that you're supposed to throw the what I would call a bean bag through the cornhole. Yes, sounds really good. <laughs> oh yeah. Some of but, the paintings. I don't want to go into the name cornhole. No. Okay, but some <laughs> of the paintings on the boards are descriptive. That's no. all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> cornhole has <laughs> been a thing, and I finally did it. Pickleball, cornhole. I mean, sorry, but the, the this this all sounds like drinking games to me. Oh, I'm yeah. just saying. Well, yeah. And you should be drinking while you play those games. Well, yeah, so because pickle, if you what do is pickleball? Because I, I thought this was sober, for people there's something in, wrong with you. Pickleball, I always <laughs> thought was for people in retirement areas, like retirement what? home things. And now I'm finding out it's not. So no, no, you got the wrong ball. Mike, <laughs> help me yeah. with what what pickleball is like, my ball and... <laughs> uh less intense tennis more intense mm-hmm. uh ping pong i'd say so you're playing oh it's like a ping pong thing yeah, yeah. Smaller, that's a good that's a good description yeah. smaller tennis yeah. sport, uh you're playing with paddles 
and a wiffle ball. So <laughs> this it's, sounds it's a, great. A less, it's a little slower, mm. but than tennis. Yeah. But you hey, know, listen, yeah. more moving than ping pong. Yeah. and paddles are involved. It sounds like fun to me. That's <laughs> no. All right. So there we we got that. So okay. So dangerous. So we're playing pickleball. We're getting here. We're getting this is this is good. Yeah, this is absolutely. Good. Maybe take a little huh. walk down down by the uh, down the rad, so you can mm. uh, enjoy the nice uh, uh, new river uh, mm. walkway. Oh. They just put in. So it's, oh, yeah, we saw we saw amazing. by that. Just mm. Yeah, chill, the river walk front. by the yeah the French Broad there. Mm. Mm. What you wait? You're going to this? You're going to hang out with at the French Broad with paddles? And, <laughs> no, sorry. Yeah, you don't have that? to jump in. You could. Yeah. You know, the, I'm sorry. The French broad is not a broad. It's a river, right? Oh, it's, it's... right, right. I get what you're saying. Had, <laughs> I'm sorry. Sorry. There you go. Sorry. Well, sorry. That's, see, we're the twisted word here. broad is European. It's yeah. a European Yes. Broad. Our, our friend not over American in England, broad. Glenn Burroughs comes on our show every, every month, and he's, you know, he's in England, and he takes people around England, and every time he says... Well, I'm going to take you on the Norfolk Broads. And he goes, ladies, it's not what you think. It's a river. It's a river. He's blurred. Behave. Behave. So, you know. But but this, I mean, that's the thing about Asheville. You have the nature and the art, the art scene. Mm-hmm. You've got to have the food and the drink in there. But I'm not leaving Andy out. Andy, where are you going when that knock happens? Yes. Um, so definitely for eats, I would have to get my favorite burger in town, which is at Baby Bowl over in the River Arts District. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, she's got the River Arts District. We need that. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, for drinks, I'm definitely going to hang out at Antidote. They've just got such a cool vibe, really craft cocktails, really mm. intimate setting. It's perfect for any celebration or just to grab a drink. Um and then for dinner, gotta give some love to Chai Pani. Chai Pani. Oh, definitely. What's mm-hmm. Chai Pani? Tell us about that. Uh, chai Indian. Pani is Indian. It's like Indian yeah. street food, always has cool. a, a weight. So definitely try mm-hmm. to get into lunch. But um, Marwan Irani is their um, kind of spearheads that and a local spice company here in Asheville. And um, oh, just, yeah, Spice Walla. And this he's is cool. nominated. He's he's just great. So um, this is nice. exciting because when you think about mm. um, the partnerships, I think that's, you know, like Asheville has this really cool vibe. And I think it's you feel it as a visitor that it's yeah. just everybody's chilled, you relaxed. Do. And yet it's hip at the same time. But old school, at the same, it has this perfect blend, using that word, um, of mm-hmm. just just be who you are. I think that is important to a community diverse. Like when we talk about diversity, about be who you are and be accepted and 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 I'm talking about be kind, you know. Um, But Mm -hmm. it's like it just feels so. I mean, the first time we got there, we hung out, and then next thing you know, we're back, and next thing you know, we're back, and we keep coming back, and it's just this. (laughs) There's a cool vibe everywhere, and um, and there's dogs. Dog friendly. I love dogs. Yes, we love that. Um, I think that's cool. And I think it comes from people working together. Uh, Steve, Karen, you have people yep. dropping by your bed and breakfast every day. But any <laughs> any favorite place you want to give a shout out? And you guys partner with people, just like what we're talking about. It's about these partnerships. 
Absolutely. We love partnering with anybody and everybody. But as far as guests, I mean, we have certain a nice list of things that we like to recommend depending on, of course, what they're looking for. So we kind of cater it to them. So it's kind of hard to, you know, we just target when they get here. But if we were to have friends or family come by, I mean, we'd obviously serve them a nice breakfast before we go anywhere. We'd go on like a nice waterfall hike. And then, of course, we'd end up in South Slope to some of our favorite places, Dissolver, Ginger's, Burial. Um, and then for dinner, just depends on their taste. But Chai Pani is definitely one of our favorites. Buxton Hall is another. Um, Bouchon is another one if we want a little get a little more upscale. Um, if we want to stay casual, mm. S&W Market that we talked about earlier has mm. so many nice different foods in there for anybody it's a great thing if you have like a group of people, everybody can get what they want. And then you got, you know, breweries and drinks and everything nearby. Awesome. And you have, awesome. You have that nice information table as you come in where your guests mm-hmm. can go and look and find whatever they want. I love that. I think yeah. it's a mm-hmm. welcoming thing to have. Yeah. And yeah, that, absolutely. It's a starting point for them. It, We always say stay at a bed and breakfast. They're like a mini visitor bureau. They know people, they, they talk, (laughs) they go like Steve and Karen, follow them on Instagram and Facebook. And you will see that they are in keeping, but they play all the time. They go everywhere. Work hard, play hard. Dude, like seriously, you, you (laughs) make me so jealous half the time. I'm like, dude, they went there without us. Like, how dare you? (laughs) (laughs) I'm just teasing you, but I mean, you're always somewhere. I'm like, oh, they did this waterfall hike and this hike is, oh, look, the waterfalls are frozen this time of year, which is so magic. Uh, thank mm-hmm. you all for joining us. I, I would really, uh, Nancy and I haven't seen all of you yet, met you all, uh, but we will mm-hmm. at some point. We're mm-hmm. making us all hungry, thirsty, and wanting to come out. So gingersrevenge.com is a website mm-hmm. you need to go to. So you can get some Ginger's Revenge. Go to the website, but like go further than that. Go there. Uh, also for Two Trees Distilling, go to twotreesdistilling.com. And mm-hmm. also for Dissolver, go to dissolver.com. And that is D-S-S-O-L-V-R, dissolver.com. Get some alienation. So mm-hmm. just saying, can, can <laughs> we make like our it. own brew? Call it alienation. I want to. I want to. I, I want an alien brew. Yeah. I want like. Hmm. What's the name of the alien <laughs> alien one again? What is that? Thank you for what? existing. Thank you for existing. Oh. I love that. That's awesome, oh. especially pre-pandemic, mm-hmm. right? Uh, thank you, everyone. Keep up with Stephen Karen at lion-rose.com. Keep up with us at bigblendradio.com. We are here every first Tuesday with our adventures in Asheville. And as you can see, or here, this is tasty, delicious goodness. And you all need to come mm. and have fun like we are. So thank you all for joining us. Thank you. Thank you.